0: <laughs> <laughs> all right listeners, thanks for coming back for another week. I am Ernesto Mancibo
1: and I'm Pablo Morales Martinez. And together we are Robots, Robots versus Taxes on
0: Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, yes. All right, uh, congratulations on making it through another week. Yes. You know, this is it was first of all one of the longest Februarys on record. Considering it's the shortest month of the year, yeah. you know, you probably had enough exposures of blackface in your life to last you a lifetime. <laughs> so, let's be happy. And, by the way, take notice, now, now that we're not in February, <laughs> suddenly nobody's being exposed for this. Like, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> it's like... You know, this country is uh, the Star Trek Enterprise and and uh Blackface is its dilithium crystals.
0: I um, <laughs> I appreciate the Star Trek Forever Friends, but if you ever do that again <laughs> I swear to God What Martinez.
1: Oh you can do it, but I can't.
0: You need to stop shitting on Star Trek. All right. Shit on Star Trek. Oh I want <laughs> Yeah. All right, don't worry. Now when all that technology comes to fruition no one and you're still sitting at home hoping for a laser sword. <laughs> we'll see who has the last laugh. I'll be at home washing my desk. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Right. So we wanted to start off the show on a really light note this uh this week and talk about reparations.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and here we are yeah let's talk about them what are your have you thought about it since, since i brought up the subject
0: i've been thinking about it for years really like, yes, really yes, wow yes, it's, first of all i'm i gotta say on <laughs> um, i'm rather happy that several candidates have been posed with the question and i and have actually had to address it on a serious level because i feel in prior candidacies it's been it's been a throwaway. You hear about it for like a day and then that's it. But now I think the public consciousness as well as, more, and more specifically the black consciousness is starting to come forward more and more as we gain more and more political power. Like, you know, this country really has a reckoning on many levels uh, that it has to come to terms with, with people of color and particularly black people, but also many other groups. Uh, Some of those other groups, however, have gotten reparations in one form or another, or at least some sort of formal return from the U.S. government that begins to address the injustice that uh, they suffered at the hands of this government. Uh, But black people have never, ever received reparations. There was a brief period after Reconstruction where... There were some amenities uh, set aside for black people, um, in particular with banking and, and land and stuff like that, but it was only a handful of years. I don't think it was even 10 years uh, since reconstruction when suddenly the government just like turned around and they were just like, uh, the Negro needs to stop being the like special exception of the law or something along those lines. Uh, this is what they said, and then suddenly, they were just like stripped again, and here come Jim Crow laws and all that other stuff, which, <laughs> which go on for close to another century. Um, a lot of people like to think that it's ancient history, but when you participate in formal kleptocracy uh, against a group of people, you seriously limit their ability to uh, be self-sustaining, either with land, housing, education, job creation, business creation, It's it just reverberates through the generations. I mean, you can't you can't be all on board for the idea of handing down wealth through the generations and not think that poverty can't do the same thing, you know. Um, So, and uh, and on the other side of that coin, thinking that it's simply all a matter of the efforts of a of a people or a family uh, to propagate that wealth or or poverty and not think that outside forces can't have a hand in it. I mean, you know, we—you look at all these social programs that were set up in this country during slavery and after slavery that benefited um, the white hegemonic majority. And to say that that's not how they gained their wealth, whether it was uh, from programs that literally gave people acres and acres of land if you're able to come over here with slaves. It's like, for every slave you bring over, you get X amount of land. Jesus Christ. To post-slavery days where there were, you know, uh, F8, the FHA programs that allowed people to, this, it's what actually built the middle class to be able to put down a small amount of money on a house and then have a fair mortgage that was protected under certain laws and you could just pay it off and then now having that equity to hand off to your offspring and they build on top of that people forget that people of color were specifically excluded from those programs in the early days they were specifically excluded from things like social security for decades they still had to pay into it but they just couldn't take advantage of it um, and to think all that theft of wealth doesn't have a, a generational effect is uh, is just a naivete on a level that borders on like a superpower. But when it comes down to reparations, my thoughts are: I don't believe personally that the that a, a simple check should be cut to every black person in this country and then like we all call it a day just because not because i don't think they uh black people deserve it i think it's because it's one too easy of an out for the government it's just like well you know we paid the bill like it's over with when you go to a restaurant you know it's like no it's not that easy because this situation wasn't created by one instance of theft. It was like over hundreds of years, over many generations. Um, I think some people need to get a check. Like, there are still people alive who were victims of redlining back yeah. in the 50s and 60s. Gonna, I was just
1: going to bring up redlining.
0: I mean, it's like, there are literally people right now who just like, oh yeah, no, I remember when the laws literally prevented me from buying a house. Like, I think those people need to get a check and like uh, a fucking discounted house or, or just something you know just
1: refresh my memory right redlining is when um like uh people of color even if they could you know uh amass uh like uh, a certain amount of personal wealth they couldn't leave the neighborhood that they were in because they were designated to that neighborhood
0: they what it was (coughs) is that um people of color were generally uh generally lived in certain sections i mean uh, ethnic groups tend to group together so this would make it easier for banks to zone those areas, right? right and right. on the maps that they would have in their offices, literally draw a red a line, red line. Yeah, around yeah. that neighborhood, and they're like, anybody who comes in from that neighborhood, we do not give home loans to. Gotcha. We do not sell them homes. So they were essentially just sake. hoarded into these areas, um, and that, and therefore, people who fell within those areas had to go to other means in order to try to. to secure home and these were Unsecured uh, loans from the loan sharks of the day. There's a specific Pardon me. There's a specific term for them But they would loan them the money and then along the way would just change the parameters of the loans Whichever way they felt they would either raise the interest they were like. Oh, no, you we want X amount more money uh, this then the other basically making it really, really hard for them to pay it off. Sometimes they would end up quote-unquote defaulting on it, and the person would get to take this person's house, which they have already paid into for X number of years. And after all of that, the person, usually a black person, would have no legal recourse in order to bring this person up in court. One, because black people just had no rights at that time they couldn't even vote and second of all since this wasn't a uh, a deal made under like uh an institution like a bank like there was very there was very little written into the law that allowed um any sort of uh recompense because of that
1: okay oh my god so um so where do uh, so now that you've covered that, like what what do you believe um, should be the actions taken for the the concept of, of, of reparations? reparations?
0: Well, first and foremost, I think that the way uh, money is allocated in neighborhoods in terms of the funding of schools needs to be completely redone, because uh, that in itself, um, even though it's not formally. Uh, look, with with most institutional racism uh, in this day and age, you don't see formal institutions the way you did before, like 1954, where it was just like, whites only college or, you know, no Negroes here and this and the other. It's a different wording of the law and the ad- taking advantage of who has money and who doesn't and letting that effect keep reverberating on into the future so when you have the middle class which is made up mostly of white people um, and those tend to be the people who get to buy property when they pay property tax those ta- a good chunk of those taxes goes into funding local schools which they tend to live closer to or just send their children to and the thing is that keeps money away from more more of the public sector that serves people of color. It, people of color, in large part, tend to not be able to buy homes because there's just not as much capital staying within the community uh, and being uh, recycled amongst ourselves in order to achieve that dream, not to mention being, like I said before, being uh, kept out of these programs uh, back in the day that would have allowed them to just get their foot in the door so the rezoning of this capital that goes to these schools needs to be evened out more so that most schools especially underserved schools um, are able to benefit um, I think a, a deeper look into what teachers are, lo- are allocated to which schools If it's not, it's not a secret it's not a secret to know that the most inexperienced teachers tend to be allocated to the lowest performing or low or schools that receive the least amount of capital uh from the general community, so they go and they cut their teeth there with the least amount of experience, and then maybe they get to go to a better school which tends to be less reflective of people of color right um so I think that whole system just needs to be. Reworked from the ground up so that it's equitable for everybody. It's just like just because you live in a uh, more affluent neighborhood And you pay more taxes, you know, I understand you want to send your kids to better schools, but It's literally leaving behind a whole other sector which causes problems in the future Well causes problems for that for that population for the ones who are affluent it's to their advantage because Their kids get to be the ones with better educations who will be in the higher paying jobs and who may or may not hire uh, these kids who graduate from schools that are less funded and therefore may not be on track to go to college or do this and the other and have less options in life. So it's like you have the ruling class or the business creation class or the one or the class that has more capital and then you have the working class aka the working poor okay so it's like it's 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 an informal caste system so a y- thinly veiled caste system
1: yeah um i never saw it in, in terms of a caste system wow all right um but in terms of uh in terms of reparations you're saying invest more in schools
0: that's just one aspect of it i think that the um the idea of reparations has to be multi-layered like i think that there needs to be you know how uh, aoc talks about the green new deal which i think is a great idea and, and is necessary in order to it's amazing. like i think it's it's one of the best pieces of, of legislature out there right now absolutely i mean it's we it's we need to start building that structure uh, a sustain, a sustainable economic uh, environmental structure in order to move forward into the future. Otherwise we're just going to crash. But I think there needs to be something like that for people of color and in particular black people. I think there needs to be a black new deal. I think that there needs to be, yeah, I think there needs to be, you said
1: the magic words just now. I was like, yeah, (laughs) oh yeah. I'm nodding my head to that. I
0: mean, just there, there needs to be social programs as generous, if not more generous as they were when they were first created back in the uh, 30s and 40s uh, was in the 30s or 40s, but by Roosevelt uh, when he created yeah, like yeah, the Social New Security Deal. and oh, the right. New Deal and stuff like that. Um, there needs to be something like that specifically for black people so that they are able to, to accumulate wealth and, um, and just grow the community in a way in a way that black people have never had access to before on mass. You know, it's like that's the other thing I want people to realize. It's like just because you see some people do it and it is possible, it doesn't mean that everybody gets to do it. If these original social programs like what do you mean with that? What do you mean with that? Like if not everybody, some people break through that glass ceiling and are able to be successful or be able to join the middle class get a good job or good education and stuff like that. But by and large we're not able to see that because of, the cis, uh, because of the institutional racism that's in place that keeps capital out of people's hands. If we look at the original New Deal and all those social pra- programs that were put in place before that, white people were having a hell of a fucking time getting a leg up in this country. It's like, and this, like, when you look at the uh, quote-unquote projects that you see uh, within New York, Originally, those were not built for people of color. Those were built for white, white people. people. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, so it's like, it's like, and then from there, once these new social programs were put in place, they had this roadmap to get out of these places and have their own homes into the suburbs or, you know, or what have you, you know. it's, But that that road was never made available to people of color it's like not not until way later and then those programs were chopped down substantially it's like that sort of things need needs to be put in place again in specifically for black people but and the thing is any program like that that's put in place wouldn't only help black people and i don't mind that because there are plenty of poor in this country of all walks of life that Need uh, this roadmap? That need this opening in order to better their lives, as opposed to all this capital being hoarded into the one percent and the upper upper middle class, or whom, whomever. It's just which is slowly disappearing. But like it, we need to open things up. Like a lot of people like to call it communism. You know, it's like socialism, communism or whatever. But it's just like nobody minded it when it was benefiting white people at large. It's just like, but now that we've put a different face on the working class, it's like the empathy is nowhere to be found. Right, right. Of course. Nobody was yelling this back in the day.
1: Yeah, because like back then it's like the, the power dynamic was just like firmly in the hands of white people. Still is, but like more so back then. Yeah. Now yeah. it's just more transparent that things need to change. Mm-hmm.
0: So with regards to what do you what do you think? Um, how should reparations uh, look like in your opinion?
1: Oh, um, see, it was, I was having because uh, this this topic came from my watching uh, Bernie Sanders answer the the questions about reparations mm-hmm. very briefly. Um, and then also seeing that like you know, uh, candidates like Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris were starting to talk about, uh, reparations. Bernie Sanders was just like, what would that, what does that even, what does repar, what do reparations mean? Mm -hmm. You know, because it it can't just be like a check. Yeah. Uh, because a, I, I think that's insulting.
0: Um, it's very insulting and I think it would paint a giant target on, uh, not a giant target, an even j- bigger target on the black community. Yeah. Um Just because it's a difficult thing to say. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, to no, 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 It's fine. It's
1: fine. Like, I want to, I really want to have like the whole, like I wanted to talk to you about this because I feel like this, like this, uh, we're going to figure it out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nuanced. It's like multi-tiered. Um, and it's going to be a little controversial, you know, because like, you know, um, uh, you know, everyone has their own thoughts about what it is. Mm-hmm. No, for uh, sure, for sure. And What they are, you know, but it can't just be like forty acres and a mule. What is that,
0: you know? Absolutely. Oh, I mean, this is just a completely different time. Forty acres and a mule back in the day, it was was like, would have been great. But yeah. you know, it's like now we've got you know all these different structures of economics. But, right. um, but like the the check thing, it worries me just because like the check itself is not a bad thing, but I think it would paint a giant target on the black community because people would, um, when you give a large amount of money to any community, um, especially working class or the working poor, um, in terms of like financial savvy, not much of it is going to be there. And it's not, it's not a, it's not commentary on the people because when your focus is like just to survive i it's like i gotta worry about putting food on the table keeping the lights on keeping this roof over our head it's just like that is the top of your uh financial priority you know as as it naturally would be for anybody but when you actually have assets and you have capital that is somewhat disposable you know and, and a significant amount of it if you don't have the uh, the fiscal sophistication to know what to do with that, then even when you get large amounts of money, you're just going to continue with the same pattern, right? Right. And it, exactly. And, and it's not going to work for you. You know, it's. Um,
1: then you fall prey to a system that is still geared towards uh, fucking over people of color. For sure. Absolutely. Because you know, um, now you know they give you they give you a little gold and then they
0: throw you to the sharks you know that's another thing that i feel needs to change in the schools like growing up maybe you can maybe you've had this experience like i was rarely taught about money i think no, i No i wasn't
1: taught about money for shit
0: i remember one economics course in high school that's it like this is the thing we're going to that's essentially going to be in our lives every single day like when we become adults you know like what we're going to survive on and you get one class yeah like that's so weird you know um yeah uh
1: it, th- and that's and that's one thing that i feel like needs to be kind of um you know, i i can't say that it, it would be implemented in my view of what reparations would be mm-hmm. because um my view of reparations wouldn't include the, a check a check seems like uh, something that Donald Trump would do. Yeah. He'd just like, let me throw money at it.
0: Or like what George Bush did as soon as he got into office. Oh yeah. He took the surplus that Clinton built up and it was just like, everybody gets an extra $300.
1: I fucking hated that guy so much. (laughs) I still hate him. I hate his whole fucking family. And I hated what his whole, his whole administration brought into the world, you know? Yeah. Um, which is like I, I know you haven't seen. But you should you should do yourself a favor. Check out the movie Vice. Oh um, God, okay. dude! It really paints a picture of how Dick Cheney and uh, the the Bush the George W. Bush administration uh, created Trump. Wow, um, okay. It's, it's kind of it's crazy amazing. So um, anyway, uh, so with regards to reparations, so I wouldn't do a check. What I would do. Um, You know, if if it was my and, you know, I'm going to struggle with this haphazardly because, like, I don't have the uh, economical or historical, you know, kind of um, knowledge that would make that would give my words, um, uh, let's say, structure. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I'll say this much like. Um, it'll be, it'll be, it'll have like a lot of, of tears to it. So it'll be like reparations would include, uh, um, removing, uh, destroying the projects, hmm. um, and creating housing, hmm. um, because the projects, I don't know what the project was for, but <laughs> it failed, um, and it's and it all it does is it creates a level of uh, let's say uh, claustrophobia, mm. and uh, um, it has such a negative connotation to it mm. that uh, it fucks with the psyche of black people and people of color that live there. I know some people of color can carve out a life from the projects, but I think that there's such a negative stigma that it hurts the psyche of people. Uh, So, uh, you know, just like the billionaire class projects are a thing of the past and need to be refined. Hmm. So it take down the projects and bring up housing, housing, um, then um uh, more money should be allocated to black owned businesses hmm. i want to bring back black wall street oh, yeah. where like oh, yeah. where there should be uh more economic growth within the black community absolutely absolutely um and um yeah uh focused in on like uh bringing uh more money for uh education in Black communities and, you know, uh, communities that, you know, have st- have been basically abandoned, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it, I feel like, you uh, know, my view of it should be like a web of, you know, lift, lifting up, you know, lifting, lifting up black communities because um, I feel like. This system that we have now just fails at every turn. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, uh, part of the reparations should be that uh, any black person that's been put into jail for minor drug offenses should be released and have their records expunged of any oh my God. situation, like any any like anything that would mar their record. And I also think that uh, people who have been imprisoned with uh, minor drug offenses, you know black people who have been imprisoned with minor drug offenses should uh you know um, if if this country is moving towards a legalization of marijuana
0: mm-hmm.
1: reparations should also include uh, uh people who have uh, been imprisoned should for minor drug events should be given the ability to launch their own business and put a sta- have stakes already set up for them within the coming, you know, marijuana economic growth mm-hmm. programs, whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm, you know, um, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out some stuff, but for, for a prototype, that's kind of what I have in mind.
0: That's, That's definitely one aspect that I think would fit into the whole um, modern reparation um, idea. I I think one of the most important things is that um, when we think about reparations as opposed to just thinking about a check, which is for many years is what the general population has thought of it as. It's just like, oh, okay, you know, you cut these people a check. It's like and this sort of thing was done for the Japanese after their internment during World War II. Like, many Japanese who had businesses in this country and then were interned for months ended up losing their businesses and, and far more. Um, some of that population actually received a paycheck from the U.S. government to hopefully help them heal or start again from what they've lost. Uh, but the thing about as terrible as Japanese internment was, it's like that was for a span of like less than a year or, or maybe like, one or two years in a staggered way depending on the population okay but it wasn't it wasn't a generational uh thing as like slavery was that took took like cent- hundreds of yeah, years hundreds of years or you know Jim Crow or you know redlining and stuff like yeah. that so um so in order to heal this community from the damage done from those uh, institutions like we need to think multi-generational like your idea like rebuilding black wall street and uh the thing i suggested with education and and a new black deal being put in place that would uh be in effect for generations um i feel like that would start to that would begin to heal the uh the divide um that has been made into this country and not just that for the people who don't understand and just think this is a a big I'm sorry to the community it is not about that no like there will never there will never be a significant enough I'm sorry to to address what has been done in this country it is about creating it is about paying back what is owed to a community in order to help them establish equal footing in this country and on top of that when people are capable of things, that feeds back into the economy. If right if black people and people of color had more of an equal footing in home ownership or business ownership, that actually creates jobs. That actually puts billions and billions of more dollars back into the economy, which benefits everybody. You know, it's 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 it would actually make the social, some of the social programs that we complain about today. uh, Well, not that serious people complain about, but you know, the Yahoo's who are just like, oh, you know, everybody just, some people just live on welfare, and this, then, the other. Welfare queens. Yeah, that would actually make it something less necessary. You know, it's like there will always, unless an economic system is created where where poverty is literally, uh, becomes extinct on this planet, and you know that's just the Star Trek in me speaking. But I think, it, <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's possible in in some way. I think people are clever enough to do this. But before we get to that point, I feel like we could reduce it to such an extent that, like, the welfare system is still there for people who absolutely need it, but it won't be. It won't be as anywhere near as common as it is today. And when I say common, I mean like for everybody, cause at some point anybody from any group might need this. And I think there should be a safety net, but what if we create a society where there was just a certain amount of abundance, you could like, like what's being spoken about in the green new deal. Like you want a job, you got a job. Yeah. There's a job, a good paying job. Yeah. You know, it's like you might need some training. You might need a little education, but it's right there. You don't have to you know hold two or three part time jobs, none of which give you no benefits because that's kind of the structure of a part time job that's you know that's how they skirt around having to give the employee benefits you know working making them work uh, i don't know like below twenty five hours or so. it's just like oh, you don't need health care
1: you know yeah, yeah that's if you, if you, die, well, you die that's you fucking know? bullshit that's yeah. a fucking bullshit system yeah and I've always hated that system um and yeah systems like that that are geared towards um making sure that uh, uh black people are confined mm-hmm. to like a certain kind of social structure burn to th- i burn it to the ground burn it to the <laughs> fucking ground um and yeah uh i i i just think that um. Yeah. It, it's not, it, it's not about like you nailed it on the head. It's not about saying I'm sorry. It's uh, because those are just words. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just needs to be like, it needs to be a system of things that work towards building the black community up. Now I think that, um, what was I going to say? Uh I, I you know a lot of people like uh, I feel like white people uh, especially are just gonna be like, well, Tarnation. No, that's not. <laughs> Hold on. Um, God damn They're just gonna be like, um, you know, why? Why? <laughs> I don't you know. It seemed like they're all Yosemite yeah, Sam. They're, all y- <laughs> um, it, they're just gonna be. Let, let me not do a voice. They're, they're just gonna be like, well, why? Because. They don't, a lot of white people feel like they don't owe anything when in fact they do, they have for years. I mean, um, to everyone, Mm -hmm. pretty Um, much. uh, You know, to the Native Americans, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to black people, towards, you know, basically they, they, they came here as intruders and now. They're just like, wait, wait, what? What's the deal? I thought we were cool, you know, yeah. and um, huh. uh, and you're going to get those those people that are going to be like, you know, we don't. What's the deal? Why? Why aren't why are we giving you guys special treatment? And it's it's they keep ignoring the fact that it's like, no, slavery. Mm hmm that's the end of that argument. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh uh, But they also forget that investing in the black community is investing in America.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, Because with this, with investing in the black community brings about economic growth. It brings about change. It brings about the, the American dream that uh, we all envision, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or that Dr. King envisioned, you know, Mm -hmm where um it was not only about you know you know white children and black children holding hands and living in utopia it was also about prospering Mm -hmm. under the flag with regards to reparations it's just like let's just invest in this in the country Mm -hmm. that's what we're doing when we when we um you know uh with the concept of reparations to the, the black community you know with the with the black di- diaspora did i did i pronounce that right yeah. diaspora okay well, always I, I always stumble <laughs> over that word <laughs> um <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whew. That uh, was intense. Some light, should we? Some light, fluffy conversation we, for you. Should we maybe switch over? We, I think we should switch over. I think perhaps we should, and right. I think we just need to remind our listeners that yes. I'm Ernesto Mancibo.
1: Now I'm Pablo Morales Martinez,
0: and together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: Now before we go on, let me just do some plugs. Um, All right. Okay. Well, I just want to say if you like our program. Um, you know, uh head over to iTunes, uh write us a really good review. <laughs> if you like our show, um and uh you know, check us out on Podomatic and download the Radio Free Brooklyn app. Um because that app is dope mm-hmm. and
0: you get to listen to more of us. And also if you want to take some of our um uh shows on the go, uh when you go over to iTunes and Podomatic, you know, there's an offline listening mode, so You know, download it onto your phone, your tablet, your your dead bird that you think gets all these uh, (laughs) programs on, and you know,
1: or that tooth that you get radio signals from. That's right. That's
0: right. We do uh, we do have an app for the tooth as well. (laughs)
1: TM (laughs) trademark whereabouts versus that. Uh, Okay, um, so let's touch base on. Uh, f- first, before we get to Captain Marvel, okay, let's talk a little bit about a different kind of spectacular moment in history. Um, <laughs> which is the opposite of Captain Marvel, which is the whole R. Kelly interview. Oh. Thoughts, <laughs> wow,
0: <laughs> that's what we're putting in robots, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> well, it's pop culture, right? Well, it's a f- well, I gotta say, it was a fucking performance <laughs> by R. Kelly, Jesus. Christ. He first of all I gotta say like I've I've never seen such a such a display of Kavanaugh like behavior uh since men Kavanaugh. Are ju- <laughs> men
1: are just hysterical. It's just they just they need to like calm down. Exactly.
0: You know? <laughs> My goodness, just just get a grip. If like if this was like a nineteen, you know, fifties movie, like somebody would have had to slap him in order to keep him from <laughs> from getting out of hand, you know,
1: you know, he wouldn't be so upset if he just smiled
0: more. Exactly. Uh, Nice. I love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. But I got to, I got to say like Gail King sat there, like the consummate professional, not bothered the fuck at all. She was just like, Robert, Robert, you need to calm down. (laughs) Like one, because first of all, and I, and I love the the meme that I saw on social media. It's like Gail King sat there with all the communists in the world and uh, R. Kelly was freaking out, forgetting as though Gail can't call Oprah to send her goons over. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, please do not, do not just, fuck with this woman. Like, I
1: Just imagine like he's like shouting at her. And then all of a sudden Iron Man just like, remember when Thor like gets taken off screen by Iron Man? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fighting for my fucking, Lord, you know, for- She's, She's like gone. You were saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I'm li- um I'm listening. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, he 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 does what a lot of abusers do, um, trying to express this over the top emotion as though he is now the victim, as though he's the one being attacked, as though he's the one who is suffering, and it's all because of you. That's what he tried to pull with Gail King. And to a wider extent, the um, the viewing audience, and it was such a it was such a bullshit display because he never substantiated anything. He was talking about I can't work, so I can't take care of my kids, and this and the other. It's just like you know, R. Kelly, you've had these kids for a while. You yes. know, they didn't just show up yesterday. You've been working for, as you say, thirty years how come you're having a uh, child support payment troubles?
1: And he, di- didn't he get like, you've been sued? releasing albums. Didn't he like, get sued for like child support? Cause y- yes. he wasn't paying? Like that's been, <laughs> what an
0: idiot. like that's been going, that's been an ongoing issue for a while, Robert. Like, <laughs> like stop acting like we just dropped all of this into your lap now. Yeah. At, and like, you haven't put out an album in years. Like, You've been making money for a while, like, and you're saying that people are stealing from you. It's like, dude, you're just bringing this up now. It's like you always have these guys always have like tax problems and everybody's stealing from them when the bill comes due. But before then, like you're balling, dude. Yeah. Like you're flying everywhere. You're making you're making sex dungeons. I don't know. But like it's it's weird it's i look at him i'm just like this guy is the consummate abuser yeah. you know i can like if there was any doubt in my mind it was completely wiped away by that performance yeah what did you think of that interview?
1: uh i thought it reminded me of uh those commercials for the early tyler perry before he made movies <laughs> oh, shit. like live at the beacon theater you know <laughs> oh
0: god I forgot i'm about fighting those. for my effing life <laughs> oh shit Oh my god! I forgot about the. Whole... <laughs> oh my god!
1: With Tyrone Warner as R. Kelly, I'm fighting for my fucking life, you know. And it's like gospel music oh, in the background.
0: Shit. Oh my god. This Wednesday
1: only at the Beacon Theater, or like you know at the ex- Apollo
0: Theater. It's like love between the pews. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Shit,
1: yeah. So I was just like, "Wow." Um, I miss those commercials. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was just like, you know, uh, if he's auditioning for early Tyler Perry roles, he's not getting the part. It's like he's showing. <laughs> Like, his range
0: is all over the place. It really is. And it just doesn't feel believable to me. It really is. He just started talking to everybody in the room who we couldn't see because they were off camera. Yeah. He's just like, how am I supposed Uh, to pay these bills? (laughs) If I can't work, y'all need to stop playing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I was just like, you know. I'm like, where, where's the, the, where's the, the, the church organ <laughs> start to, um, <laughs> but I was like, you know, what? no, this is, this is, this is fucking, it's theater, it's theater, it's absolutely theater, um, and you know, um, I'm glad he's, um, his, his career was over, and it looks like he's, it
0: definitely looks like he's going to jail this time. After that, a few hours after that interview, he went back to jail (laughs) (laughs) because 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 he didn't pay pay child support. He he didn't pay his child support. I I think he just got released this afternoon. So it's been like five days or something like that. It's it's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. And I and on a a little bit of a serious note, like. I hope that the parents of the young women who are in his company, to pull it to put it lightly, um, are somehow staying strong and being together because the interviews that they do are so heartbreaking because you can tell that.
1: What on the, on, uh, on, R- I was going to say leaving R. Kelly, surviving R. Kelly, <laughs> leaving <laughs> leaving Michael Jackson is a different, yeah, um, that's, a, a, whole different yeah, that's a whole different thing.
0: But like even on the interviews they did on that documentary as well as afterward um, are just so heartbreaking. You can tell that. There has literally been a uh, a divide created between these young women and their families, which is textbook what abusers do. they pull that person away from any sort of supportive community so that they can keep control of them you know so
1: also i like the whole thing like, <laughs> like he was just like you know I was acquitted of uh of all charges with regards to like, you know, you can't double jeopardy me because I was cleared of mm-hmm. charges. And, and, you know, he's referencing that whole, the, the trial where, you know, the, where, uh, it showed that he was, you know, he urinated and had sex with him, had sex with a minor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know that's him on that tape. that's him I, I, that I, tape. I, mean, we all know it. Uh-huh. We all know it. That's just him. that mm-hmm. and, He he, like the delusion of him, like trying to be like, I'm an innocent man. No, it's not, dude. Mm -hmm. We we all saw you. It's Mm -hmm. it's you. It's your face. He
0: did that shit. Yeah,
1: he did that shit. But because he's a celebrity, and being a
0: celebrity buys your way out of certain situations. I think they pay. I I think what the general understanding is is that um, somehow that young woman was paid off, or. or was just like frightened into saying like no that's not me on the tape so because it's either something like that or she just refused to testify and uh that's one way i think that's how he was acquitted right yeah so um yeah uh and
1: yeah i, I mean like uh, i feel like he's just gonna get his just desserts but that had to be the wildest uh, uh moment of television that i've seen in a while when I when that happened, I was like, "Holy shit, this just went off the
0: rails." His fucking handler had to walk into the shot and be like, "Robert, calm down, calm down." It's Just,
1: oh my god, I have to. to Did you see the video afterwards? When his handler was basically giving, like, he was he was talking to the press in Chicago, and the most amazing moment of television happened in. When a dude was like, "Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, that exactly. ha- Oh my
1: god, it, it was it was the most brilliant thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life." So our Kelly's handler is just like talking to the press, and there's this dude who is just trying to get his ID. <laughs> oh, like which which is he has to get through the crowd and pass the handler, and then goes <laughs> he goes, oh, he goes like. He's like uh, Yo I'm trying to get my ID He's like uh, I don't want to mess with your You know Interview just... and He's like Yeah but can't you see Can you move around He's like No I can't Get the fuck out of my way Fam a... Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> And I was like Somebody give that guy a medal Jesus <laughs> Christ I was like Oh my god I can't believe he just did <laughs> That was so amazing wow fam (laughs) god oh shit (coughs) that was amazing (laughs) Uh, that was brilliant (sighs) captain marvel i gotta say i really enjoyed the movie i thought it was really good um for a first outing of a superhero like For me, it was better than the first Captain America. Okay. um, Which, you know, and I like that film too, but um, the subsequent films definitely explored him in a more satisfying way and rounded him out. And I feel like that's the case with this film, which makes me excited for her appearance in Endgame as well as her subsequent films. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Great action, lots of yucks, you know. (laughs) Um.
1: I thought it was good. <laughs> not great. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I've told you this. Uh, like, as soon as we got out, I was like, it was good. It wasn't great. <laughs> Definitely better than Ant-Man and the Wasp.
0: It's you know, to which fun. you were just
1: like, oh. stop beating up on that movie. But I will never not beat up on that movie. Keep
0: shitting on that movie. I like didn't it. like
1: it. Um. So... uh uh I think it's kind of embarrassing for Marvel to have had, what, like 10, 11 years to to basically put out a movie with a female lead Mm -hmm. and for it to be this average. Okay. Um, And it hurts me to say that DC beat them at their game, um, which is (laughs) – Crazy because, like, this is a win for DC. Um, this is Wonder Woman is just a superior movie. Uh, and I think Captain Marvel was just okay.
0: Let them have their fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: Like, uh, like I said, like I said before the show even started, fucking, um, if, uh, you know, if, they had incorporated the, the 90s soundtrack better if they had shot the action scenes more like, it just lacked a visual style. Like, like I, I, I know you said Captain America is like your least favorite Marvel movie. The My, first one, yeah. Yeah, the first, first Captain America. Mine would be the Incredible Hulk. Uh, really? Yeah, well. I'm not a big fan of, of the uh, Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. That movie oh, was. You, you and Edward Norton do have beef. I, yeah, um, <laughs> that too. But that movie was boring. Um, but like I, I just felt like uh, at least cat the first Captain America: The First Avenger had a visual style to it. Okay. Um, and Captain Marvel did not. Nah, it just felt like. And that that's another thing is I, I felt like it's a stepping stone movie. It's just like it serves. The greater universe, and I feel like that's that's the first hint that the Marvel, the MCU, actually hurts um, movies more than it helps. It did so in Age of Ultron. It did so in Iron Man Two, and it did so with Captain Marvel, hmm. where the restrictions placed upon it make it feel as if Captain Marvel is has to carry around the MCU on her shoulders. And I really wish it would have been like a stand, almost like a standalone without any ties, without a Nick Fury, without all this, like, I, uh, I, I felt like it would have been a better movie. And I just feel like the, the, there were scenes that should have been
0: great as opposed to just
1: eh, passable.
0: You did say something interesting. You were, you were like, uh, What this series needs is a different director. Yeah, to take it to a different place, which I wholeheartedly agree with.
1: Yeah. Um, and I said that like if it was up to me, it would be Catherine Bigelow, Mm. who directed Zero Dark Thirty, and uh, and uh, what's the other movie? Uh, She directed The Hurt Locker. Mm. If she directed uh, Captain Marvel, who fucking can you imagine? Like if it just had that visual style of like the mil like she's in the air force, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and then she's you know, I feel like all uh, some Marvel movies have like this touchstone where they're just they're more than just a superhero movie, and I feel like um, Captain Marvel should have been like Top Gun, Mm. and then it
0: wasn't. You just wanted a, uh, a beach volleyball team. <laughs> no. With bikinis. That's what you wanted. No. You, when we walked in there, that's what you said. <laughs> I have you recorded. Although
1: but it would have been, been really cool if Captain Marvel was like, you know, if Carol Danvers start like in the middle of the movie, you know, she goes play, to play volleyball like in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing that swimsuit that um, she wears in the comics with the lightning bolt
0: oh that which would have
1: nice. been like oh shit! that you know. would have
0: been cool when she was cycling through the colors of her suit uh before she settled on her new colors as captain marvel uh the one before the the official captain marvel suit were the original colors of Marvel in the comics. yes the yeah green and gray the green like, and gray that, yeah, was, yeah. that was pretty awesome i was like oh <green>! <Boy!"> It's like, aim away from me. Aim away from me. <laughs> RPX. <laughs> Yo, RPX is dope. I got to say, like, I think we might have found a new um, alternative theater. We saw this um, in the RPX theater at the Regal at uh, 42nd Street. And first we just had trouble finding the theater to begin with because yeah. it's like Theater 13 and it's just RPX. Yeah. So, which just came after. T- it's like. You know eight nine ten eleven twelve RPS. yeah <laughs> um but they've got like subwoofers in the seats and yeah. the seats can recline and yeah. fucking it was really cool and the screen was nice and big like that's an option for the future yeah same so
1: yeah I'm, I'm 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 definitely i really i still really want to see alita battle angel mm-hmm. um so hopefully we'll get to see that soon um but uh yeah Captain Marvel was a good RPX uh introduction.
0: Yeah. introduction to the RPX theater. So. And I'm and I'm super glad we saw it and folks, uh we won't spoil it for you not yet anyway, but um of course if you're a Marvel fan you know to stay into the credits. <sighs> the mid-credit scene is fucking nuts.
1: And you could skip the end credit scene because
0: the end credit scene
1: is so dumb. Unless, <laughs> unless you're a Marvel
0: purist, yeah, and yeah. then you stay because that's what we do. Right. But, um, but yeah, it was nucking futs. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Stop that!
0: <laughs>
1: I thought we put that one to bed. Never. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I think we should cap it there. All right. All um, right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to us and. Uh, you know, thanks uh, for listening to Objection before the uh, objection to the Rule, which comes before the show. And uh, stay tuned for Democracy Now!
0: Special shout-out to Robert Pritchard for a post that he made yesterday talking about the wall and breaking it down so eloquently in terms of why it's such a ridiculous idea. So if you want to see that, go to Robert Pritchard's Facebook page, or you can go to the Robots vs. Taxes Facebook page in which uh, we... Uh, shared that post.
1: Okay. All right. And, um, you know, and stay tuned to uh, to this fine network of which we love and are part of. Uh, and for both of us here, I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are
0: Robots vs. Taxes. taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn.
1: All right. And now while you're out there, you could try keeping it real.
0: But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week.